quite the adventure. It was three feet, by the way. It was three feet. Well, it gets, it gets deeper every time she tells it. <laughs> January 15, 2009. That mean anything to anybody? January 15, 2009. I'll bet you you know it when you see this picture. January 15, 2009, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 with 150 passengers and five crew left LaGuardia Airport headed for Seattle, Washington. 3.27 and 11 seconds in the afternoon, the plane hit a flock of geese. Knocking out both engines, the airplane lost all power. The pilot gets out a manual. A list to go through if something like this were to happen, here are some suggestions to try. <laughs> Not long before the captain, Captain Chesley Sullenberger, or if you've seen the movie, Sully, makes the decision to return to LaGuardia, but he realizes, mm-mm, not going to make it. And he lands his Airbus 320 in the Hudson River. All survived. All survived. Should be the end of the story. But it's not. There's still that question, you know, what happened? After all, a multi-million dollar airplane sitting at the bottom of the Hudson. National Transportation Safety Board, they look into the accident a little deeper because there is a report floating around out there that said that not both engines went completely out. One of them was still idling. So he should have been able to make it back to LaGuardia. If you've seen the movie, in this part of the, of the movie, you kind of start getting the feeling, well, they're just looking for somebody to blame. <laughs> somebody to find fault. And the board overseeing the hearing... The huge room, and there's, there's the media that was there, government officials are there, NTSB inspectors are there. The big screen in this room, huge screen, and it comes on, and there's two pilots sitting in a simulator, a cockpit simulator. The simulator is wired with all the information from the black box that they recovered. So then as everybody's watching, the plane takes off, the geese hit, and the pilots immediately snap into motion, start flicking buttons and doing this and that, and they're able to turn the plane around and make it to LaGuardia. They're also able to make it across the Hudson River into New Jersey to Teterboro. The point is made that, that Sully should have. And he could have made it back to one of these airports safely. The captain in the, in the, uh, in the movie, who was played by um, Tom Hanks, says, you know what? They're not considering the human factor. Immediately after the birds hit, these pilots snap into motion. 
And we find out even at that, in order to get it to land safely, it takes them 19, 18, 19 tries to get this plane to land safely. When they hit that flock of birds, Sully and his co-pilot, Jeffrey Skiles, hey, they start racking their brains. What do we do? They had to go through a decision-making process. And the NTSB, Sully says, took out the human factor. So they agree, and they decide to take away 35 seconds 35 seconds of reaction time to account for the human factor. Okay, so the birds hit, the pilots sit there for 35 seconds and don't do anything, and then, bam, they snap into motion. After taking out 35 seconds for the human factor, the pilots in that simulator could not make it back. They crashed in the city, they crashed in the water, Every time they tried, there's no way they could make it back. Flight 14, or 1549 hit those birds, and Sully and Skiles had 208 seconds. I've been talking for 5 minutes and 48 seconds. I've been talking for 348 seconds. They had 208 seconds to decide what to do with a multi-million dollar airplane in 155 lies. We find out that Captain Sullenberger, piloting was his life. He flew crop dusters, he, he flew in the Air Force, commercial airlines, 42 years of flying. During that time, he read hundreds of crash reports. He was an NTSB inspector. When there was a crash of a jetliner, he'd get that report and he'd read through it to try and understand what did the pilots do or didn't do. He put himself in the situation. What would I have done if in that same situation Sully said that when he started going through that manual of procedures, he realized that it was just, this is just taking too long. And he jumped to option 15. Option 15. If he had gone through 14 suggestions of what to do, he'd have crashed. He jumped to option 15 and saved 155 lives. Captain Chesley Sullenberger was equipped for that moment because he knew the manual. This is the first time a plane ever lost all power in land on, a, on water. It's never been done. All the people on the plane survived. The plane doesn't break apart. It was because Sully was so intent on saving all those lives. When we read about Jesus in the Bible, 
I think we tend to do what the NTSB board did, and that is they forget the human factor. I think we, we read passages about Jesus, like in Colossians chapter 1. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created. We're talking about Jesus here, okay? All things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, invisible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things were created by Him and for Him. He, was, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's Jesus. He's God. <laughs> I mean, he came here and lived perfectly, said no to every temptation. He was killed, he was buried, he was resurrected. And I think we, we tend to go with that godly slant when we think about Jesus. And we disregard the human factor. We read he's the image of the invisible God and everything else just seems to go away that, we've read, that we read about Jesus. We read God is Jesus, I mean Jesus is God and we say, oh well, well that explains it. I mean that's the reason why he was able to do all the things he was able to do. That's the reason why he could Go without being tempted by the devil. But Paul writes in Philippians 2, in chapter 2, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. God did not consider equality with God. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took the nature of a human. When Jesus came, he was all flesh. He was all human. When a baby is born, it has, I don't know, 300 bones. As it grows, it, the bones fuse together, and we end up with 206 bones. That's Jesus. He went through that. I don't know, we got, they, they, they think 32 trillion cells in our body or something like that. Give or take a billion, I guess. That's Jesus. Jesus was like that. Sorry. Lost my place. I got excited. In both Matthew and Luke, we have the narrative of Jesus being tempted by the devil. Taylor read that for us this morning. Appreciate that. When Jesus was tempted, 
I've really lost my page. Jesus was human. Yes, God. But we read from, from Paul that he did not think that being God was something to be grasped, and he became human. Which means, being human, he could have sinned. Jesus, if this makes it, could have not been the perfect one. God couldn't, couldn't be tempted. We're told God cannot be tempted. Jesus was tempted. Taylor read it. And yet, he was found without sin. I know that because look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, our humanness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Just as we are. And yet was without sin. Jesus was human. When we find ourselves frustrated, you ever get that way? Feeling overwhelmed? Listen, when life is really giving it to us, we just don't know if we can take anymore. That's Jesus. That's the human factor. Jesus was taken to the limits of human suffering. You ever thought to yourself, where's God? Why is he letting me go through the things I'm going through? Listen, on the cross, what does Jesus say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the human factor. Jesus suffered. We have no problem considering the human factor what comes to our lives. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider yourselves better than others. Ouch. How you been doing with that one? Verse 4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Does it say except during a pandemic? No. How'd you do with that one when you're sheltering in place? Here's the one that gets me. Verse 14. Shannon, don't say amen. Do everything without complaining and arguing. And we make the excuse when we aren't doing these things, well, I'm only human. So was Jesus. In John chapter 1 verse 18 it says, No one has ever seen God. But God the one and only, and that's Jesus. That's a reference to Jesus. No one's ever seen God, but Jesus, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. 
Look, the only way to know God is through Jesus. And the only way we can relate to Jesus is through his human factor. So the logical question is if Jesus is human, was human like us, if he experiences, if he experienced all the things we did, troubles, frustrations, temptation, and it was without sin, how'd he do it? How do you do it? How did Jesus make it through difficult times? Because I need to know. I'm going to remind you of what Taylor read for us this morning. The temptation of Jesus. And find out how did he make it. What did he do? What did he show us so that we can make it this week? When the devil confronted Jesus, first thing he does is turn to Scripture. Jesus knew and relied on God's Word. Jesus' first reaction is God's Word. He knew it. He trusted it. He trusted the promises of God to never leave him. Scripture was his survival guide. For many, it seems that turning to Scripture is the last resort. Almost like, well, I, ha I don't have anything else to do. I might as well try this. Listen, when the feeling and the weight of frustration or depression, hopelessness. If turning to Scripture is option 15 in your survival manual, then turn to option 15. You need to be equipped. You need to be equipped. And listen, the devil knew Scripture, didn't he? He used it and distorted it and tried to get Jesus to sin. If you aren't reading the crash reports in the Bible and thinking, what would I do in that situation? The devil's going to lead you to believe that you have way more than 208 seconds. Don't worry about it. You're not going to crash. Jesus knew the manual, the Bible, and relied on its promises. The other thing, there's only two points to this. So, again, like Matthew, I don't talk as long. Unlike Matthew, I should say. Two points. And the other one is, Taylor read from Matthew in Luke's account of 
Jesus and being tempted. It says that Jesus came out of it in the power of the Spirit. Listen, don't forget the human factor. Jesus was human just like us. He was tempted to sin just like us. He faced the frustrations. He faced the trials. And he came out of it triumphant in the power of the Spirit. When, people, when Peter tells the people in Acts chapter 2 to repent, to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit, it's because God didn't forget the human factor. He, he knew we would never make it through this life without the power of the Spirit. Jesus was all about saving lives. And I'm not talking about 155 of them. When Jesus ascends into heaven, he sent the Spirit into our lives. So that we could make it through. If you repented for your, from your sins and you've been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you have help. Rely on the Spirit. One last thing. Okay, three points. No, two. Sometimes, you know, you feel like you're the one that's in the plane and you're just absolutely sure we're going down. And you're wondering what you're going to do when you hit that water. Don't forget the first responders. That's, that's the people in this room, other Christians. We're here to help each other. You know, when that flight 1549 went down in the Hudson, we're told that within 24 minutes, there were 1,200 first responders. That's us for each other. It's okay to be human. Get out that manual. Read it. Know it. Read those crash reports and the success stories. Find out what did they do. Put yourself in those situations and say, what am I going to do when tempted in these ways? Rely on the strength of the Spirit. He's there for you. Rely on Him. And we're going to make it through this ordeal called life together. Mark's going to get up a song that Tim's going to sing for us, A Common Love. Don't, don't sing this to the board, okay? The board's got the words, it knows the words. Look at each other. Sing to each other. Assure each other that you, you are a first responder if that person next to you goes down. You're there to help. Let's stand and sing. A common love for